listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you save your marriage and thrive in your marriage no matter what's going on in your life. Now, sometimes a marriage is going okay, and it's still you want to be working on saving it, actively improving it, making it better. Sometimes you're on the edge. That marriage is in trouble, and you're trying to build back to the marriage that you want. This podcast is designed to help you do just that by understanding the dynamics, getting the tools making sure you understand where you're headed, why you got here, and how to get away from there. Today, I'm starting a new series. It's Back to Basics, B2B, Back to Basics on How to Save Your Marriage. And there's a reason for that. But before I say that, I want to invite you to do something. You might have a question, some kind of an idea or a question that you want me to discuss on this Back to Basics series. Now, what I want to do is give you a way of getting me feedback. This is a special uh, uh, email that's only designed for this email series, and it, you want to send a message to Back to Basics. That's Back to Basics, B A C K T O Basics at SaveTheMarriage.com. Back to Basics at SaveTheMarriage.com. Now, this is not where I'm answering your questions. This, this is not coaching. I have other programs where you can get some direct feedback on your direct situation. But if you've got some place where you're, you're wondering, how does this subject fit into how you save your marriage? That's where I want us to spend our time talking because I want to make sure that you have the equipment that you need in order to make sure that you're moving forward. So, in that process, you can submit questions that are basically the big questions. Maybe you're wondering, what does this matter to saving your marriage and why did we get to here? So today I want to talk a little bit about what happened. How did we get here? That's a very important topic for us to look at in terms of how you save your marriage. I believe that there is something very important about being able to say, this is where I am. Yeah, think about it. If you go to the mall, right, you walk into the mall and there are all those stores and all those different places you could go. And if you want to get to a particular store, you better go up to that map and find the you are here pin. The you are here pin will let you know where it is. Now, back in the old days, before GPS, the same thing was true when you go on a, a trip. You'd pull out your atlas or your map and you'd say, okay, here's where I'm starting from. Because if you don't know where you're starting from and how you got to that place, it's going to be hard to get to somewhere new. That's the reason for this. So why the Back to Basics series, though? Well, one reason is I want to make sure you have clarity. Sometimes we make things very complicated. We get lots of different pieces in here. Let's face it. We have about 288 different episodes before, plus some bonus episodes in this podcast. And so... A lot of information is out there, a lot of material, and I want to strip that back for a little bit and go back to the very basics of what happened and how do you move forward from that. Now, if you're listening to this podcast on a podcast app, you might notice that there are only like a hundred different episodes available. Well, I just said there are 288, I think, episodes plus some bonus. How do you find them? Well, visit us at SaveTheMarriagePodcast.com, SaveTheMarriagePodcast.com. 
all the episodes are there. So the first thing is clarity because of all of those episodes out there. The second thing is that sometimes it can feel just overwhelming. When we back it back to this is what it's about. Sometimes it's a lot easier. And it's true in any subject. You know, when you you get into a subject, the deeper you get in, if you just jump in and start reading too far ahead, you can get lost in all of that information. So we go back to basics to get there. More importantly for me, in terms of me saying, hey, I need to do that series, is because of a recent uh, thing with uh, my jiu-jitsu. As you know, I've been doing jiu-jitsu now for a little over a year. Uh, that makes me uh, merely a advanced white belt, nothing else. I've got a little, um, it's a, called a combatives belt in, in my training. And so what that meant was that I had uh, mastered to their satisfaction 36 different core moves. And then I move into what they call the master cycle. And in the master cycle, we're learning a lot more moves. In each stage, there are a whole bunch more moves. And so here's the problem. If you stop focusing on the basics, you start losing your control of the basics. You don't follow through on those basics. And what I realized was since I was no longer going as actively to the basic classes, the basics were getting a little cloudy for me. So even if I was learning some advanced techniques and I wasn't reminding myself of the old stuff, I could get lost and lose track of that and and in the process, lose some of my skill because all of those advanced techniques are built on the basics. And it's true with saving your marriage. All of the things I talk about in the advanced process, it's still based in the basics, right? You base it on that layer that you build on. So one of the things I've committed to is going through that loop of classes again to make sure that I've gone back through those uh, basic moves all over again to remind myself as I'm moving into the advanced stuff that the core elements are there and that's the, the kind of the foundational elements of this. So we want to build that foundation out so that as you're working through the process, as you're continuing your efforts, you're finding more and more ways that you can step into a process in powerful ways because you've built a strong foundation. You know, let's say that you decided to exercise, right? And instead of kind of building up and learning the basics of some some sport or something else, you just jumped into the upper levels. You'd be overwhelmed so quickly and you would not be very effective. Sure, maybe you'd get a little bit of it. Sure, maybe you'd learn some things, but would you be as effective? So now we're boiling it down back to basics. So B2B today is what happened How'd you get here? What happened in your marriage? Well, one of the things that's very clear to me is there is nobody who sets out to have a hurting marriage. There is nobody that sets out to have a marriage crisis. Why would you do that? I mean, it's so hard. It's so distracting in life. It drains of energy. It's painful. It's scary. Why would anybody do that? And yet, look around at how many people land in a marriage crisis. How'd that happen? Why do we keep repeating that? Well, first of all, I want you to understand that these marriage crises rarely happen overnight. Yes, there is sometimes a triggering event. There's some moment in time when somebody says, I have had enough. I am not going to continue doing this. And they decide to take some action. That's a triggering event, though. It's not that there was no problem the day before or the week before, the month before, the year before, or the decade before. It's just that there was that triggering event. And so sometimes we get locked in on that triggering event and forget the fact 
that there were patterns and processes that were already in place. And that's part of what I want to just kind of bring to your awareness is the fact that there are patterns that we always have. And the patterns, another way of looking at that is the habits of how we interact, these patterns get built in in either helpful or harmful ways. Generally, we use patterns, you know, you probably do some things uh, that are not particularly effective in life that you learned in childhood. Maybe you you learn to uh, avoid conflict by not talking about your emotions, or maybe you learn to avoid conflict by dominating the emotions, by charging after somebody, or maybe you learned uh, that it's dangerous to be angry, or maybe you learned it was dangerous to be happy. Those are patterns sometimes that we establish in childhood that worked for a reason, right? They were survival mechanisms, and then they become patterns in our own lives, and then they become patterns in our relationships because other people have their own patterns, and they fit together with our patterns, and sometimes those are in pretty disruptive ways. And that's often what happens for a couple. They get together, and they have their own patterns that they bring in, and then they find a new pattern that's not working, but they don't know how to fix it, so they get layered into that stuck place. And then something else happens. We get married and we often fall into inertia. And we just kind of go with what goes along until we no longer can go with what goes along. And the inertia carries us until somebody says enough is enough. I'm not going to keep doing this. So inertia is another piece of this process, which also leads us to the fact that what it actually looks like for most therapists is a spiral downward. You know, it starts small. And as it gains speed and gains momentum and gains other resources and gains other patterns and habits and reactions and responses, and the spiral gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it finally crashes to the ground and the couple is overwhelmed. Not noticing that there are multiple times earlier that there could have been a change multiple times earlier that they missed the opportunity. And so the more that spiral gains momentum, and notice how interesting that is, in the inertia of our life where we just keep going along with things, it actually is adding momentum to the crisis pattern and the spiral goes down and down and suddenly it feels like there's nothing you can do to change it. Sure, it had been easy to have adjusted early on. Now, as, as it gains more and more momentum, it gets harder and harder. Not that it's less important. It's just harder. It's more of a struggle to do it. So one of the things I want you to be very clear about at this point is that a marriage crisis, the fact that it's there, is really not your fault. It's not your spouse's fault. It's, it's really something else. And this is where it, it kind of breaks my heart because... I watch people on the front side. I used to do a lot of premarital counseling, uh, and the premarital counseling, I was watching people step into the relationship. They were stepping into a marriage, and a lot of times they were ill-prepared to do that. Maybe they hadn't had successful marriages in their life, but maybe they had some assumptions about what marriage would be like that were unrealistic and not very helpful. And that's the problem. We don't get trained on these things. I mean, even the people who were coming to me for premarital counseling or the people who go for a weekend retreat or see another person for you know, a limited amount of time to try to get things going, you don't know what you don't know as you're stepping into a marriage. I mean, that's, that's kind of the nature of the beginning of anything. The problem is that there's not a lot of training that happens for people. In fact, the training you get is on-the-job training. 
you think about it. You go to a ceremony that you've probably spent months and months and months, if not years, thinking about and planning. In, let's say, half an hour, certainly no more than an hour for most people, that ceremony is over. You have a reception, maybe a party, and off you go into the world to try to figure out how to do, do this marriage thing. You've never had a marriage relationship, or even if you did, it likely wasn't successful. That's you know the second attempt. And so you're not sure how to go about that. And maybe, you know, even if you've done it three times, you realize that that wasn't working and you don't have it figured out. So you're still trying an on-the-job training. You don't know what you're headed for. You don't know what you're trying to create. And then the problems begin to set in. So the on-the-job training means that we make mistakes and we make them habitual So the mistakes that we make, we repeat until they become baked into our pattern. And we don't even know that they're already sowing those pieces of destruction. So if you don't know it already, let me tell you that one of the things that is unique about a marriage relationship is that you're trying to build a we, a sense that we are in this together. We're a team. We're united in this. This is not a relationship that you've created anywhere else in your life. Even if you say, we, the family, my family, right? You know, you're separate. And at some point, you're going to leave that family. You're going to grow into somebody else and leave that family. That's, that's what happens when you're a child and you grow up. But in a marriage, you're saying for the rest of our lives, for as long as we are, are alive on this planet, we are going to be a team. We're joining ourselves together. And there's a psychological shift that can and should happen in that process, but people don't know it. And so they fight against it because we're raised on this idea of being your own person and standing on your own two feet and taking care of yourself that doesn't fit so well when you're trying to join together with somebody and create the sense of being a we. We are in it together, not you, not me. We are in it together. Does that mean you lose yourself to the relationship? No. You bring your best self to the relationship. That's part of the important part of this. So that's what we're trying to aim for, that we, and I'll talk about that another week of the basics, but that's the we we're trying to create, and that's the we a marriage crisis has to move to. For a marriage crisis to successfully resolve itself, there has to be a place where both people step into we. But why did it not happen the first time? Well, let's talk for a couple of minutes about the reasons that it might have missed. The first one is what I call the pause button marriage. The pause button marriage. It's like somebody hit pause. You know, I have on my uh, desk, I always had a that was easy button. And sometimes with coaching clients, when they would finally hit something and they realized something that was much more simplistic than they had thought, I'd reach over and hit the that was easy button. And, you know, that was easy. Well, that's kind of the same kind of thing that happens, but people don't realize the damage of it. That's on pause. They hit the button. They hit the button and say, okay, we're going to come back to our relationship. Once the kids are launched... Once the business is launched, once my career is launched, once the degree is attained, once the friends, you know, we've kind of finished socializing with them, once I've won the golf or the tennis tournament or the jujitsu tournament, or, you know, once I have uh, been able to bike ride across the world or whatever it is, whatever we have is that once this happens, we'll get back to our relationship. That's the pause button. Kids are a big one. Career is another 
uh, often there are some other pieces that keep us away from saying, yeah, you know, I'm in it. It's a we. Instead, we gets put on the back burner. We will come back to it. So the pause button marriage. So why is that a problem? Why can't we do something else in life? You know, do something while we're young. Have a good time. Get the career started. Get the job going. Get the income going. Get the kids launched. Why can't we do that? Well, it's because in reality, relationships only have two modes. They're either growing and expanding or they are shrinking and declining. That's it. There's no static Think about that with your friends. You know, have you noticed that you've got some friends that, you know, maybe you just kind of fall out of touch. You don't realize it. You don't think about it. And suddenly you don't think about it at all, right? You, you stop getting together and they stop being friends because the connection, humans are wired for that connection. But when that connection is lost one place, it goes somewhere else. So what a lot of people think happens is they can hit the pause button, pause the connection where you are and come back to that connection. And so then the kids are gone out of the house or leaving or growing up or don't need you as much anymore. Maybe the career is now established. You've got the accolades, the trophies, the whatever it was that you needed to get done. And you come back to the relationship only to realize that you don't know each other anymore. You don't have a connection anymore. You don't have warm feelings anymore. You don't have the chemistry anymore. The connection fell apart. Maybe you get to that place where you say, okay, I love this person, but I'm not in love with him. What does that mean? Well, that's a way of saying we've disconnected to the point that we have some feelings of care for the person, but not the feelings of passion and connection that we once had. Now, the other problem is at some point, When we move further into disconnection, the disconnection ends up being much more about disillusionment. And finally, it's, it ends in what often people describe as disgust with the other person. I don't even want to be around that other person. So that brings us to one of the other reasons that marriage is getting in trouble. And that is that level of disconnection. We are as humans in our DNA, wired for connection in ways that are probably beyond any other animal. Because not only do we have the proximity that other animals, other mammals might share. So uh, warm-blooded creatures tend to like to have connection with other uh, of their own, right? They, they cuddle up to them. And that's a biological piece, a biological function. There's a physical c- function, but humans can even talk about that. We can talk about what we want in a relationship. We can talk about what's been important to us. We can talk about what our day was like, what's bothering us, what's going on. So we have an emotional connection. We can also share uh, a more of a spiritual connection where we talk about what's important to us, what we believe in, what we stand for. And those pieces are deeply engaging in the, the connection process. We are so wired for connection that when we feel disconnected from somebody with whom we thought we were connected, even connected for life, we experience it as pain, physical pain, emotional pain, just pain because it hurts to be around that and not be able to create it. And so the disconnection that comes from not knowing how to move towards this other person ends up being in many ways, a very disruptive and painful process for a couple. The more painful it is, the more we tend to try to avoid that pain. Nobody likes to feel that pain. 
So what happens in the process is you go from I do, like I'm in it, right? I do. I promise to be in this forever. I do to I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be with this person. I don't know how to hang in with them. I don't know how to be in this process. And that's when the spiral begins to accelerate because eventually somebody's going to figure out what to do and it has nothing to do with moving towards a relationship. See, what happens is we have that need to go towards being a we, but if we don't cross that over, if we don't know that's the goal, then we stay in a you-me orientation. Now, you-me is where we start. Maybe you, you met at a park or maybe you met on a walk or maybe you met at work or at a club or on the internet or wherever. And at those points, there's me, right? Before I've met somebody, I'm me. I'm just worried about me. And then there's the you somewhere out there. And then I notice you and you notice me. And we do this dance together of how that closeness is going to be. And you, me, finally ends up being you and me. I see the link up point, right? I see where I want to have more. And that you and me is what we take into a marriage. What we don't know is if we don't make that shift to we, it begins to be you versus me. Begins to be oppositional because that disconnection is there. That lack of the connection we want is there. And we become oppositional because when you live with somebody so intimately and all of your connections and all of your decisions have an impact on each other, when you're not in it as a team, you're in it to see what you're getting out of it. I can tell this is a place when people are saying, well, what am I getting out of this? What are you putting into this? What have you done for me lately? Or look at how much I'm putting in. You're not putting in your fair share. When we're doing the fairs, right? And we're doing the, what am I getting out of this? You can be very clear that what's in in the process is that you versus me. So part of what's happening in this process is that we're spiraling towards more and more disconnection because when I'm judging what you're putting in, you're going to be on the losing end compared to what I see myself putting in. I might not notice all of the things that you would claim as putting in and vice versa. And that's the thing about we. If we see that we're on a team, you know, think about that in athletics. The team is trying to win. That's the goal of the team. Each individual needs to play their best, but play their best as part of a team. What happens when one person says, you know, I deserve the ball all the time, or I don't want the ball ever? Does that serve the team? No, it plays into that person's own ego or fears or some other piece that keeps it from being about us and the team. So part of the process is beginning to identify these patterns, We have to know what the patterns are in order to move beyond them. We have to notice the stagnation that's within us. Notice the fact that we avoid pain instead of problem solving. We're pain avoidant versus problem solving in our orientation. And when we're pain avoidant, all that happens is it multiplies the pain. We create defensive, offensive kind of patterns between us that are even more destructive to that lack of connection. So those are the big pieces of what happened. Are there lots of details? Yes. But what you need to understand is the reason it happened with your relationship is the same reason it happens with other relationships. And here's the cool thing about that. That means that your process 
of saving your relationship is the same type process, the same, same approach. Maybe there's some nuanced differences that need to come out, but the same approach applies to you too. The roadmap fits for everyone because of how we got here is so common with people. So a couple of things that you can do now. One is if you have those questions that you want to have answered during this series, I can't promise I'm going to send, I'm not going to respond to your email, but know that I'll get it. And I'm not going to necessarily promise that I'm going to answer all of the questions. But what I'm looking for are the common themes, the places where lots of people are having the same question. Those are the ones that we're going to include. So include those general questions, the big, kind of the big questions about this process that you need to know in the Back to Basics series. And you can send that to back to basics at savethemarriage.com. That's back to basics at savethemarriage.com. The only thing that you're going to want to put in there is something about the Back to Basics series. So send me an email. Let me know what your questions are. Also, if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about this, I do have a book about how things begin to fall apart. It's Marriage Fail Point. Basically, that book, Marriage Fail Point, talks about the places where the relationship falls apart. It's a very short, simple approach, very direct approach to help get that very clearly in your head and give you the kind of the first steps in moving beyond that. So if you want to find more about that, go to marriagefailpoint.com. That's marriagefailpoint.com. Or if you're just ready to jump in and, and forget the basics, you're ready to get all the basics going in the process and get your relationship saved, grab my system at Save the Marriage System or I'm sorry, savethemarriage.com. You can grab it at savethemarriage.com. That's the Save the Marriage System. What I want you to do, though, is make sure you understand that how you got here, it's not your fault, but we can make a shift to responsibility. You have the ability to respond now that you know what's different. You can no longer claim that you don't know what happened. Now that you know, you can take action. Before that, you didn't know. Now you know better. So let's get this changed. Let's get it moving forward. Grab the system at savethemarriage.com. Or grab the book at marriagefellpoint.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.